Guys, it has been 18 weeks that I've been watching our band on YouTube in my living room while holding my chihuahua. And it's been awesome. Listen, Bo and Leslie and Kristen and Phil and all these guys have been amazing on, online. Don't you think? You guys have done an amazing job. Listen, it, when, when Kristen sang The Blessing a few weeks ago on YouTube, I think my dog was crying. And like, it's just so good every single week. But, but how amazing is it to be back in the basement and have these guys lead us in person? Is anybody thankful for that? And while we're at it, I just want to say thank you to every single one of our volunteers who's making today happen. So you guys back there, everybody who's been seating people, you know, having their signs up outside, thank you so much to all of you. Thank you to everybody who's watching online. Hey, Casey and Jerry LaRosa. Hey, Bill and Jill Hicks. Um, hey to Leslie and everybody who's joining us online. And I can't forget you guys. Thank you guys for coming to our very first regathering Sunday. You guys look better than I remember. And Bo told me that's because you all are wearing face masks, okay? I'm just kidding, JK. Um, but I am so, so, so pumped to be with you guys. I, I need to point out that Robbie and Renata were the first ones to register for this service. They registered on Wednesday at 5 p.m. at 5.01. At and they even brought baby Ezra for the, his very first time to church. And he's rocking these, like, noise-canceling headphones. And so he was in it the whole worship set, just like. And so, yeah, I love it. And so thank you guys so much for being here. And uh, it's been 18 weeks since I've preached to actual people. It's just been like me and Cotter in a room with a camera. I mean, it's been, it's been awesome. But, man, it is so Good to be with you guys, and so I'm a little excitable today. Are you, are you guys ready? You gonna, you gonna help me preach today? Okay, good, because I only can see half of you, so you got to give me extra with those eyebrows, okay? Butch, I expect a lot with the eyebrows. So since you're going to help me preach, I'm going to start out today with a question, and uh, everybody can answer this question. We'll put this question on the screen. Have you ever had a weird dream before? Hands up if you have ever had a weird dream before. That's like across the board. And anybody feel like you're in a weird dream right now with all these face masks around you? All right, here's another one. Uh, have, have you ever had a dream about your, you know, your, your person? Your, you know, your, your boo thing? That seems so real that when you woke up, you were mad at them because of what they did in their dream. Come on, married people. Let me see your hands if that's ever happened. This is a judgment-free zone, married people. A lot of people, listen, married people, you know there is not a such thing as a judgment-free zone, don't you? <laughs> but here's my point. My point is, some dreams feel real, don't they? It feels real. real. You notice this? Now, I, 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 don't, I don't dream much. I'm, I'm a three dreams a year guy. But when I dream, it, it's for real. Like a, a few years ago, I dreamed that I was Indiana Jones. And a little, little, little side note, my wife would tell you that anytime we watch a movie... For at least two to three days after we watch the movie, I pretend like I'm the main character from that movie. So she has seen me as Indiana Jones. She has seen me as like Marty McFly. She's seen me as the Tiger King. Just kidding, that's a little too far, but not the Tiger King. But anyway, 
But I like to pretend like I'm the person in the movie. Anyway, so a few years ago, I had this dream that I was Indiana Jones. Now, I don't remember it because I was dreaming. And so apparently, I woke up, and I was walking around the bedroom, and my wife Stacy's she's like, hey, baby, come back to bed. And I was like, I don't need to come back to bed. I'm Indiana Jones. <laughs> but in the dream, I, I thought it was real in the dream because some dreams feel real. And so it, dreams are weird. I remember when I was in college, I had some struggle with anxiety and I couldn't sleep. And so my, um, my doctor gave me five sleeping pills. Now, I had never taken any sleeping pills before, okay? And so that night, I took one Ambien pill. W- one pill, people. But I, I made the mistake of not going to bed right away, and I took this, and so 30 minutes later, I started dreaming while awake, also known as hallucinating, okay? And so I'm laying in my bed, and I started to to float, also known as flying. And then I started to do backflips while I was floating and my brother listen this is a true story my brother can verify this my brother tim came into the room and i looked straight at tim true story i looked right at him i said tim my windows right there they are dancing and he's like joe your windows aren't dancing that's not real you're, you're, you're dreaming i'm like you're not real my windows are dancing and that's how the story ends okay like i just had to, but it, there was, that dream felt so real and, and so like some dreams feel real, and, and, and that's a true story, also a true story, I've never taken an Ambien since then, <laughs> but some dreams feel so real that you think, this can't be real, this can't be real, is, is, is this real, you, have you ever had this happen to you before, it's like, is, is this actually real, church, that's exactly how I feel about 2020 so far, every time I look around, I'm like, am I dreaming, is, is this for real, does anybody else feel like you're just stuck in a bad dream, anybody else, <laughs> I mean, let's think about 2020 together. Let's just all have a little exercise, okay? When 2020 started, we almost got more World War III. And then the president got impeached, and that's not a political statement. That's just a statement. And then the pandemic showed up, and then I couldn't find toilet paper. Could you find toilet paper? No, but it's okay. We couldn't find toilet paper, but it's okay because then the murder hornet showed up. And then the seven-day forecast was the Saharan dust storm. And then the government sent us $1,200. You know you're dreaming when the government sends you $1,200. And then I heard this week that this hurricane season is supposed to be the worst hurricane season in history. And then, all right, our air conditioning around here in this room has been working for 126 days straight when nobody was here. And, And this week it stopped working. I'm like, am I dreaming? And it gets worse because then somebody, this that's a true story. It'll be fixed on Tuesday, come back to church next weekend. But anyway, <laughs> then somebody this week sent me a video. Did I just got to show you? Can you guys just show the video? I'll just comment while we're watching the video. This is a real video. This is a bird. And what it's carrying over a beach full of people, that's a shark. And the shark, you're about to see. This shark is, come on, it's about to happen. Oh, it's coming. Wait, wait. It's, 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 it's alive. Listen, we got sharks flying over our beaches by birds, and it's alive. Am I, am I dreaming? <laughs> and so I feel like I'm in the movie Jumanji. 
I made it to level seven, and I'm just like, wake up, somebody wake me up. <laughs> and so, and, and when, when 2020 started, it was all like, everybody had hope, right? We're like, oh, it's a brand new decade, woo! Now every day I'm like, well, what, what chapter of Revelation are we going to go through today? <laughs> and, and in the middle of all this, all right, the church, okay, like the global church, big C church, okay, the church has been scratching their heads like, well, we don't know what to do. And the reason the church has been scratching her head saying, like, we don't know what to do is because we don't know what to do. And, like, it's, it's everything has been so crazy. All right, one last time. Does anybody feel like you've been stuck in a weird, bad dream in 2020? Okay, a lot of you. Listen, I got good news. Funland opened on Friday. It did. It's different now, but it opened. Okay, that was the bad news. I got, or that's the good news. I got some more bad news. Um, the University of Chicago... They came out with this study that said Americans are the most unhappy that we have been at any point in the last 50 years right now. And so stress, anxiety, depression are all on the rise. Aren't you glad you came to church today? But do you know what a lot of us have been feeling lately? Someone got it. Hopeless. Hopeless in our happiness. Hopeless in our health, hopeless in our jobs, hopeless in our relationships. Hello, some of you, you know, the whole quarantine over the spring for the, with the family, a little too long. Some of you are like awkward laughing because you're sitting next to that person, you know. But hopeless, we felt hopeless as a country in, in, in our politics. Has anybody felt a little hopeless lately? Anybody feeling a little hopeless lately? So here's my goal today. I want to give you hope. I want to give you some hope. If you're watching online, I want to give you some hope today. And to do that, uh, we're going to look at one of the craziest stories in here. And that's, that's a statement because there's a lot of crazy stories in here. But this, this one definitely cracks the top ten. It's in the book of Ezekiel if you happen to bring your Bibles. And the story we're going to read about is a guy named Ezekiel. I'm just seeing who's with us today, okay? And I want every one of us to get in Ezekiel's shoes as I read this, because I think if you do that, it'll give all of us some hope. And so it's Ezekiel chapter 37, starting in verse 1. It says this, Ezekiel says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley. Just like that shark was carried away by that bird, okay? It's carried away by the Lord to a valley. Now listen to this, and it was filled with with bones now if i'm ezekiel i'm like god is this is this necessary like you you could take me to a valley but i'd be down with it if it was like a valley with a lazy river some pool noodles in that valley some vanderwinds ice cream i am preaching now okay but no he shows up in a valley full of all these bones but it keeps going okay he god led me all around among the bones that cover the valley floor they were scattered everywhere across the ground. And were, what were these bones? Completely dried out. Now, quick question. If you're Ezekiel, and God takes you to this valley, and there are bones everywhere, are you feeling hopeful or hopeless? Hopeful or hopeless? Hopeful or hopeless? Come on, which one? Hopeless. And we all know what it's like to feel hopeless. Okay, for instance... The 2019 regular NFL season was amazing. If you were a Baltimore Ravens fan, hello. 
And you should be a Baltimore Ravens fan because Jesus was a Baltimore Ravens fan. Come on, right, Eagles fan? He, Jesus, was, you don't believe me. Can, can we go to the Bible? You want to see what Jesus had to say? But guys, can you put up Luke 12, 24 for me for just a second? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, consider the Philadelphia Eagles. No. Consider the Patriots and Cam Newton. No. Consider the Steelers. No. Lord, help us all. Jesus said, consider, let's read it together, consider the Ravens. Just telling you what the Bible says. Anyway, so Jesus was a Ravens fan. That's why I'm a Ravens fan. And the 2019 regular season was amazing for Ravens fans, mainly because of this guy we'll put on the screen right here. This is Lamar Jackson. Now, watching this guy play quarterback for us was like watching a video game. All right? Every time you'd watch Lamar on the screen, he would be like running, and he would be jumping and doing spin moves. And I would be in my living room, and I would be like running and jumping and doing spin moves. I'd like to be all these characters that I watch, okay? And so Lamar Jackson was amazing. We went 14-2 and two in the regular season. We were, I had all the hope, we were going to the Super Bowl, baby. But we had to, to play in the playoffs first. So the first playoff game was against um, the Tennessee Titans in Baltimore, okay? But I'm not worried. We got Lamar. But they have this guy. Right here, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, he's so big, he looks like The Rock and Jason Momoa are conjoined twins. And he's their running back, okay? But I'm good, okay? I'm, I got my Lamar jersey on. I'm in my living room. I'm eating buffalo chicken dip. We are going to the Super Bowl. I got all this hope. And then they started giving Derrick Henry the ball. And Derrick Henry ran for 200, over 200 yards that game. And I, I went from cheering yelling at my TV and we lost bad and we were out and I didn't I didn't know how to to deal with losing because we had won we had won 12 games in a row guys and so Kristen who's on our staff she's a Steelers fan I sent her a text message I said Kristen like how do I deal with losing because you know all about it as a Steelers is that too far it's too far sorry Look, i got to get him in. It's been like 18 weeks, guys. But I had hope. I had hope, but I lost hope. You, you, you ever been there? Where you, where you have hope, and then you lose hope? You, you have hope that you're going to beat the addiction? You have hope that you're going to pay off the credit card debt, or that the marriage is going to work out? You have hope that we're going to flatten the curve, hello? But then you find yourself in a valley full of dry bones, and you, you, you lose hope. That's exactly how Ezekiel feels. He loses hope. He's in this valley full of dry bones. And, and, and here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm learning, all right? I'm learning that sometimes, though, this is the good news about losing hope. Sometimes, we'll put this on the screen. It's in our hopelessness that we find our hope in God. Have you noticed that? That sometimes it's in our hopelessness that we find our hope in God, okay? So some of you, you crawled out of debt. You fought and got your marriage back. You got your joy back because you got so hopeless that the only place that you could go to for hope was God. Sometimes, sometimes it's in our hopelessness that we find our hope in God. But Ezekiel, he's feeling all hopeless. He's in this valley full of dry bones, and God asks him a really funny question. 
Here's what God asks him, and this is in verse 3. Then he, God, asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? I was, I was waiting for you all to laugh. Because that's a funny question. You, okay, you don't think it's a funny question. Okay, let me help you see that this is a funny question, okay? Let's imagine after church today, we go on a graveyard field trip. Woo! And I'm like, hey, guys, we're all going to go to the Wawa over here. Go to Hoagie Fest. Okay, I don't know if we're doing that this year. But anyway, go to get a Hoagie Fest. Then we're going to go on that graveyard right by Wawa. And well, I'm going to stand right in the middle of all those graves, and I'm going to say, who here thinks I can raise all these people back to life? Nobody here is going to be like, I do. Absolutely, Pastor Joel. No, you, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say, I think Pastor Joel is mixing Mountain Dew and Ambient. Like, honey, we got to find another church. Okay, this is not good. If I asked that question in the graveyard, would you laugh? Yes or no? Yes. But listen to this. God takes Ezekiel on a graveyard field trip. And he's like, hey, Ezekiel, see these dry bones? You think I can make them come back to life again? That's a funny question. And you know Ezekiel's like, God, is you crazy? No, you can't. Do that, like, they're dry bones, a little leg kick, you're so into it, right? Like, no, like, you can't, but Ezekiel doesn't say that to God, because God is God. But, I'm telling you, and we'll put this on the screen, Ezekiel is stuck between doubt and faith. He's stuck between doubt and faith, and have you, have you ever been there before? Where you're like, God, I, I know you can fix this, can you fix it? God, I, I know you can, but... I don't, will, I, will you? Stuck between doubt and faith. I think every one of us in 2020 have had moments of being stuck between doubt and faith. And if that's where you're at right now, if that's where you're at when you're watching, wherever you're watching right now, that doesn't make you a bad Jesus follower. That makes you a human being. And so Ezekiel, he's stuck between doubt and faith. And he doesn't know how to answer God's question, but he gives a brilliant answer to God, who said, you think I can make these people come back to life? Here's his answer, second half of verse 3. It says this. It says, his answer is, we'll put it on the screen, O sovereign Lord, Ezekiel replied, you alone know the answer to that. That is a brilliant line. Like, if I could go back to high school, I would answer every teacher who asked me any question with this answer right here. Like my math teacher, Mr. Trice, if he's like, hey, Joel, what's the square root of 1,043? I would say, Mr. Trice, <laughs> you know the answer to that. <laughs> right? Like, that, that's a brilliant answer. But Ezekiel, he doesn't know what to say because he's stuck between doubt and faith. So this is what he says. And so God is going to help him get unstuck. Here's what God says, starting in verse 4. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message, Ezekiel, to these bones and say, dry bones. Don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Listen to the word of the Lord. In other words, there's something about God's words that can bring dead things back to life. And so he says, listen to God's word. Okay, Ezekiel says, listen to, these, to, listen to God's words to these dry bones. This, and then this is what God wants Ezekiel to say to these dry bones. This is God's words, okay? All right, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Ezekiel, this is what you're going to preach to him. Look, which I think is really funny, because they don't have any eyes. 
you got to laugh at that. It's bones, right? Like, hey, bones, that eyes. Look. Is that a joke? I don't know. I, listen, if you're not laughing when you're reading the Bible, you're reading it wrong. Anyway, so Ezekiel has got to say to these bones, look. And then it goes on. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Now, let me ask you this question. If this works, like if Ezekiel (laughs) speaks these words that God says for him to speak, and these people start coming back to life, can we all agree that's, that's power? That's power. Now, uh, when I was um, in high school, I drove a 1989 Honda Accord. 200,000 miles on it. Yes, it is worth a woo. And it had, let me tell you what it had. It had window lover, lovers, right? Woo! You remember those? It had a tape cassette player, come on, 1989. I have a mixtape in there. It had a plastic undercarriage thingy that was held on by one screw, and it was hanging underneath my car, so wherever I would drive, it would drag on the road and sound like this. In other words, my car had, it had problems. What it didn't have was power. No power in my car. And I remember um, this girl I went to school with, she, she drove a Ford Mustang GT. And, and one day she said, hey, Joel, you, you want to drive my car? I was like, let me pray about it. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I was um, in front of Mrs. Dory's house on, uh, across from Carey's Camp Road, about to pull on this, this um, uh, back country road. And, and when I was in this Mustang GT, I, I felt like I heard this voice. They said, Joel, you need to press that gas through the floorboard. And at the time, I thought that was the Lord speaking to me. Looking back on it, I think it was Vin Diesel's voice, because I just watched The Fast and the Furious or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, I listened to Vin Diesel's voice, and I mashed that gas all the way to the floor, and that's when I realized that my 1989 Honda Accord had front-wheel drive and no power. And this Mustang GT had rear-wheel drive, and the reason I figured that out is because I accidentally did a full 360 in front of Mrs. Um, uh, Dory's mailbox, almost hit her mailbox, and I had to change my pants, okay? It was bad. And ever since then, I have been driving like Aunt B, okay? Like, that is a true statement. Stacy will tell you. Like, I just drive like this. But that car had all this power, and I didn't expect it. And, there, and the reason I tell you that is because I think as Jesus followers, sometimes we forget the power that God's words have. Listen, when God speaks, there is power. That, that's why I think it's so important that we gather together, whether you're, you know, you guys who are here in the room or, or you guys who are watching online. Bonnie Schuler, I see you in the kitchen. Okay, I see everybody who's watching online. Okay, not really. But anyway, I think it's so important that we gather together because you need, I need, we need the power of God's words in our lives because when God speaks things change God's words are are powerful listen when God spoke the universe was created well when Jesus spoke a dead man named Lazarus walked out of a grave alive after being dead for four days 
And so when you are feeling hopeless, let me just tell you, God's words have more power than you think they do. And I think some of you, you, you just need to be reminded what this says about you. And I just want to tell you a few things that this says about you, okay? These are some, like, uh, summarizations, but th- this says that you are stronger than you think you are. There's power to that. Th- this says that you are not alone. This says that there is forgiveness for all of it. Th- th- this says that in this world you will have trouble. Hello? Who knows about that? Raise your hand if you know about some trouble. But take heart. It says, for I have overcome. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Listen, when God speaks, dead things come back to life. When God speaks, hopeless things come back to life. And so watch this, watch this, all right? We have, starting in verse 7, all right, we, we just had the verse where Ezekiel is supposed to speak these words to the bones. And so, verse 7, so I, Ezekiel, we'll throw it on the screen, there it is. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, it says, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. Now, I, let's pause there. I know Ezekiel felt weird talking to a bunch of dead, dried bones. And I know that because I feel weird talking to just the camera when I've been preaching some of these last few weeks, okay? It's weird. Just me and Cotter are hanging out. But Ezekiel, all right, he, he's going to speak to these dry bones. And he starts speaking to these dry bones, and this is what he hears. These dry bones, they start, like they're in the club. They start, they start doing the weekend at Bernie's dance, okay? And then they start doing the get up, okay? They start doing the whatever. I don't even know how to, I'm not even going to try it, okay? But they, they, start, they start shaking and dancing, okay? And it, and it gets weirder. It says, the bones of each body came together, okay? Weekend at Bernie's, and, and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Now, at this point, I'm like, God, I'm out. You're going to have to find somebody else to do the rest of this miracle. It's just too weird. But God's like, I got more weird coming, okay? And so then as I watch, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But help me out here. They still had no breath in them. Okay, we're going to do that again. That was like a, a, a butch is the only one who responded. Okay, on three. Let's read the orange part. One, two, three. They still had no breath in them. Now, that's weird. God does 99% of the miracle, okay? The bones, they come together. They're in the club. They, they, they do that thing. The, the muscles pop out like sun's out, guns out, just muscles everywhere, but, but no breath. Why, why wouldn't God just complete the miracle, okay? The, and, and here's what I think. I thought about that this week, and, and we'll put this on the screen. And this is what I think the lesson is for us. God rebuilds us one step at a time. He rebuilds us one step at a time. In other words, what God is doing in you, it's a, it's a process. Everybody say it's a process. All right, it's a process. So let me ask you this, and this is going to kind of figure out how old some of you guys are. Question here. Um, how many of you remember cameras? Ca- cameras. No, not your iPhone 12 Max. Okay, I'm talking like film, film cameras. Come on. All the kids' hands just went down. They're like, oh, I know about it. Oh, um, okay, so you guys are old. How many of you, let's see how old we go. How many of you remember, like, the, the little, like, one-by-one stands in the Sears parking lot that you would drive up to, and you would give them your little film roll? You remember that? 
Okay, you is real old if you remember that. All right, anybody remember the disposable crystal cube flashes? You remember those? Ancient old. Okay, well, man, Tim, man. Anyway, no. Here's what, here's what I, I brought up, the, the old school cameras. My brother, when he um, was in college, he went to Salisbury University as a sociology major for a semester. And so he signed up for photography class, naturally. So what you do when you're a sociology major, I'll take photography. Um, anyway, so he took photography, and um, he had to get like an old school film camera and, and develop his pictures in, in a dark room. And I remember him saying to me, he's like, Joe, it's crazy. You go in there, and uh, you, you have your film paper, and there, it's blank. There's, no, there's nothing on it. But then, like, you, you, it's dark in the room, completely dark. You start going through this process, and over time, like, the, the, the picture develops, and eventually you have, like, this amazing picture. It's crazy. And, and the reason I, I tell you that is because I think a lot of times when we're hopeless, we want God to fix it like an iPhone photo, like, boom. But a lot of times... God does it one step at a time as a process. And we develop one step at a time as a process, in, in a process. And don't miss this. We're in the dark for most of it. Isn't that true? Now, th this is a question that only the ladies can answer, okay? Because only ladies can answer most questions, all right? So here's, here's one for you ladies. You're smarter than us. I believe that. All right, ladies, if you could get pregnant... And have the baby the next day, okay, meaning you don't have to wait for your feet to fill up like watermelon, you know, go through that. So you don't have to like, you know, hit your man, your husband to get a pickle at 2 a.m. or whatever you're, you know, craving. Listen, how many of you, if you get pregnant one day and have the baby the next day, that's what, that's how, that would be better. That would be better. Renata, just like, yes, as she holds that. Okay, yeah, listen, Kristen, she's our kids director, she, she's pregnant and she just had a Pentecostal moment back there on the third row she's like yes I would do that and that would be nice that would be nice if that's how it worked but here's the thing that baby grows and develops in the dark and after nine months you get to see what God was doing all along that was invisible to you and now that child is beautiful isn't that isn't that true and, and here's my point of, of this, and we'll, we'll put this on the screen. God does some of his best work in the dark. He does some of his best work in us in the dark. And so if you feel like you're in darkness right now, if you feel like you're hopeless right now, I got good news. You're not in the dark. You're, you're, you may feel like you're in the dark, but God is in the process of developing you. And it's okay because some of God's best work happens in the dark. Well, let me ask you this. Um, when we're in the dark, don't sometimes we question if God hears us? When we're in the dark, we question if God hears us, right? Uh, here, here's a question. This is for, for everybody, all right? This is an all skate. If you're watching online, you need to comment, all right? This is for everybody. How many of you have ever talked to your TV before? You talk to your TV? Hands up. You talk to your TV? How many of you, you're sitting next to somebody who should be raising their hand right now, and they're not raising their hand? To see, argument already happened, front row, okay? It's a good thing you guys are in church. And so anyway, <laughs> but listen, it's bad in my house, I'll, especially when there's football on the TV. And it, I'll watch football directly after church on Sunday, and I get so yelling at the TV. Stacey's got to, like, take the kids out of the room. I'm like, I just preached. But anyway, I talk to the TV. What about this? Anybody here talk to your pet like there are people? You talk to your pet like it's a person? <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, I do that. My, my chihuahua is 12 years old, and I talk to him more than I talk to most people. And I'll, I'll ask him about his day. I'm like, hey, Eli, how's your day? What'd you, what'd you do today? Nothing. That's what you did yesterday and the day before. I will tell my dog about my day. Who's told your pet about your day before? Good. Some of you are looking like I'm weird, but you do it, or you would do it. Okay, Phil talks to his bunny, and so it's okay. We all talk to our pets. What about this one? How many of you have ever talked to or about the driver in front of you? And be honest. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh. Listen, I don't need to know what you said. We have children in the room. Base your kids isn't open yet. But have you ever said something to or about the driver in front of you, and afterwards you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. God, I know you heard that. I'm sorry. Who's done that? And be honest, you're in church. Okay. Listen, we, we will talk to our TV, we will talk to our dog, we will talk to the person driving in front of us, and as soon as we say something that we shouldn't, we know God heard us, but when we, when we pray, we wonder. Why is it that we automatically believe that God heard the bad stuff, but we don't think he heard the desperate stuff? Look, I, I'm just telling you, if you feel like you're in the dark right now, I want you to know God hears you and you might say how do you know God hears you okay or hears me because God loves you more than you can imagine he hears us and he loves us and that should get every one of us hope he hears you and he loves you whether you're in the dark whether you feel hopeless or not and so how, how's this how's this story end all right so Van, you guys can come up you guys are gonna close us out today here's how this story where we're at in the story Ezekiel He's in this valley. Now he's got, he's got bodies in the valley, but they're, they're lifeless because they're not breathing, right? And so he, here's what happens. It's starting in verse 9. Then he, we'll throw this on the screen. Then he said to me, Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Again, we're going back to what God's words are. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Keep, keep on going. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. You, you just got to imagine you're there in this scene. Ezekiel, he starts speaking to these lifeless bodies that have no breath in them. And all of a sudden, when they hear God's words, they're like, <gasps> and they breathe. And then they stand up where they are, and they're a great army in this valley. And it started out with dry bones, and it ended with these, this army standing up full of life. That is hope. And if you don't have any hope right now, I just want you to know that God's words can breathe life like he breathed into these bones, into your life. God's words can breathe life into whatever is hopeless in you. So I just want to end today by reading, I want to end today by reading some of what God says about you in here. And I don't know if you can hear me right now, I think I dropped out, but I'm going I'm to talk loud because here's the thing. When I read some of the things or, or tell you some of the things that God says about you, if this gives you hope, I want you to stand where you are to receive it. Just like this army stood in this valley. 
If any of these words are words that you need today, I want you to stand where you are. If any of this gives you breath, gives you life, gives you hope in a hopeless world, I want you to stand when I say some of these words. So here's some things that God says. He says, I, I, you, Butch, Tim, Carrie, Gage, listen, I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. I mean, that gives me some life. That gives me some hope right there. But you might say, listen, listen, okay, but I'm, I'm tired, Joel. I, I had to homeschool my kids during the pandemic. <laughs> Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. That, that, that just gives me something. That gives me some hope. But, but there's more. You might say, I don't know what my future looks like. You know what Jeremiah said? Jeremiah said, God, I know the plans you have for me. Plans to help me and not to harm me. This says that I am a conqueror. The Bible says that I am forgiven. It says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It says that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in every Jesus follower. And Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. Hope to the hopeless. And so he can bring hope back into your life again. He can bring hope back into our country again. He can bring hope back into our basement again. Because of Jesus, listen... If God's words can breathe life into some dry bones. Jesus, we are so thankful that you turn graves into gardens and that you bring hope in hopeless situations. And I love that story that we just read because dry bones turned into a great army and stood at their feet. And some of the people in this room, some of you right now, you feel like you're those dry bones. But God, I pray that we'll walk out knowing that we can stand up that we can walk into our week knowing that your words breathe life into us. Your words give us hope when our life seems hopeless and we are in the dark. And so thank you, Jesus, so much for giving us hope today. And I just pray that we'll walk out of here with our head up and hope for the future. And Jesus, we are so thankful for everything that you are going to do as we start regathering as a church. In your name, amen. Amen.